y'all heard? One, two, three. Hey, hey everybody. everybody. This is y'all, y'all heard. Podcast for me, Marissa Phillips. And me, Pete Phillips. Are not related for another year. And this is a show where two folks find out some stuff. That's what we do first. First, we find out some stuff. And then we go like, you wonder if anybody else would care. We usually think that to ourselves. Contrary to what you may think, we have no planning meetings whatsoever. And then we get on, we get on and we hit record and then we start talking about that thing that we think you might be interested in. Maybe. In other words, we tell you things you didn't know you needed to know. Pete, how are you? You said you don't have a how are you? How? Tell me whatever. There is something that you guys need to know. And that is Marissa's birthday. Oh, yeah! It is your birthday, Wes. Have some fun. I didn't pay for this, don't worry. <laughs> Wait, who, who made this? It's uh, Epic Happy Birthdays on YouTube. That's pretty good. <laughs> I like You'll like the video even more, I'll send it to you. That's the way to do it. <laughs> oh fuck! I forgot this episode is actually coming out of my birthday. Shit. Yeah, that's why I did that. Yeah, I was like, this is weird. Yeah, guys, <laughs> I'm 36 now, and um, well, let me tell you how my week is with with that. Yeah, I'm 36. On this day when it's being released, I should possibly be on a train going to Boston. In a single seat on a first class car. I hope I don't get COVID because everyone will be eating on that car. Uh, but what am I, what do I want to tell you guys? Guys, I have some good news. I'm getting my fake tooth put in. <laughs> <laughs> it's finally time in 2022. I'm not going to be missing a tooth. And my orthodontist it's just really touched up. my arm and said I was gorgeous. <laughs> It was terrifying, but it happened so fast. And the gender of your orthodontist is? Is a man. Mm-hmm. How appropriate. Man once told me I smell good and said, you are so pretty, and stopped what he was doing to tell me that. And it was hard. And is, is this hopefully the end of your relationship with the orthodontist? No, he still needs to make me retainers, but I just gotta say... Yeah, I had an argument with my boyfriend because he's like, you gotta leave. This is sexual harassment. Are you a feminist? <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I was like, but where the hell else am I gonna get an orthodontist in this town? Like, but it's like a thousand dollars cheaper than the other place. And he has such good reviews. And guys, I gotta say, my teeth look pretty good. Well, if he, if he tells everybody that they're gorgeous, then that might be how you get good reviews. Yeah, as long as he doesn't touch me in a bad way. It seems or, like he's he's getting there. Yeah, he touched my arm, but it was fast, so I'll... Whatever. I saved a lot of money, guys. <laughs> I, That's what we have to do in this world. We have to negotiate, you know, like, what we're willing to give, what we're willing to take. 
I know, yeah, it was really cool. I was like, how would you let that go? I thought that's against what you believe. And I was like, I don't have a lot of money. I also have this person, like, in my mouth. <laughs> yeah. Oh, also, I had paid them already by then, in full. Like, I had signed the contract and paid for my braces. It wasn't like I was paying in installments. I was like, they have all my money? So, like, oof, too late. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, you want to tell me how you are on this beautiful birthday day? Um, <clears throat> Birthday day? I think I'm in a winter funk, but, you know, that happens. Yeah, you and me both. <sighs> right? Yeah. Although we do have some sad news here at Y'all Heard. Why? Um, Mike Venos reached out to let us know that Scramble... Scrambles? Uh, Scramble the duck died. Uh, we talked about prognosticators in the past, and uh, as we find ourselves within a month of Groundhog Day, uh, one of the other animals that predict the weather... Uh, died. Yeah, the duck died. Duck was seven years old, which is apparently old for a duck, according to their website. God, I have to Google prognosticator. I'm just going to let you all know that. Predictor of weather? I didn't know what that word meant at all. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, what the fuck? Okay. Yeah, so that's a bummer. Yeah, that's sad. I forgot we even mentioned But that is sad. Um, Now that Finded me, we mentioned them, that's sad. It was the only duck, I think, that you liked at the time. You thought it was cute. Yeah, there are very few ducks I like in this world. <laughs> so, um, we mourn with you, Michael. Uh, thank you for your report. And uh, it made it to both email addresses, so that was good. Oh, thank <laughs> you. Thank you. Hey, did I tell you that when I was in Boston, that there was this lady... Did I tell you about basically the, like the lady who seemed like her job was to take a dog to shoo all the goose away from the <laughs> from the pond? Did I tell you about this? No. Because we were watching this lady for like twenty minutes because we were like, "What the fuck is her problem? Why is she letting her dog run with no leash in this public park?" And he's like fucking with the geese. But then like. She just seemed real chill about it. He would keep chasing the geese, and the geese would fly away. And every time there was a cluster of geese, she would like her dog would run like crazy at the geese. What kind of dog and are we I, talking? I don't know. It was like a, I don't know dog breeds, please. But like size of like a golden retriever, like a little smaller than a collie. Oh, those ducks should have fought it. Yeah, I don't. But it was like really intense. But anyway, then the lady's coat. Because we, we were like, what the fuck is her problem? And then we looked at her coat and it said, like, I can't remember, like, like goose, goose be that. Or something like the goose patrol or something. And we were like, that's interesting. The goose but patrol? Something like that, yep. So it looked like that was, she was like, her job was to take this dog. Fight to goose. Geese. so weird. Yep. Oh, I'm sorry. Do I need to supply the icebreaker? I like to run into a bunch of geese. I was driving home, and I looked off the turnpike, and there was a pond, and it was 
completely filled with geese. I was like, wow, why are all the geese deciding to, to sit in this one pond at the same time? And then yeah. I then I passed, of course, the Allentown rest stop and thought, oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah. Wait, why? Because maybe the pond is a rest stop for migrating geese. Oh, mm, yeah. That does make sense. I have good memories of the Allentown rest stop. I just want you to know. We uh, have to... Is it the giant pickle? Yes. <laughs> We've got great fans and sometimes they call to remind us. We uh, have to take some time to hear from Alex. Hi, this is Alex. On a recent episode, Marissa had expressed an interest in doing magic and witchy types of things, but in a way that's compatible with her Christian convictions. I'm trying to recall, I think that Marissa and Pete, are you both Catholic or maybe one or the other? Uh, either way, um, I'm a secular Buddhist now, but I was raised a conservative Presbyterian, and uh, growing up I wasn't allowed to watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because of the possibility that that might turn me on to occult activity. So I feel like on, um, you know, seeing a genuine conflict there. Uh, and like one easy way to go would be to get into doing stage magic, to get young people interested in the greatest magician of all, Jesus Christ. But maybe, you know, some more thoughtful approaches um, are, uh, I've got a few suggestions, are, are possible. Um, so one is games. Um, that if it's marked off as make-believe, I think most Christians would regard magic as, uh, you know, fair game. And a way that you could go to have games that have a pretty strong ritual element, um, a term you might want to look for is keepsake games, but um, the first thing that comes up for that is a video game company, and that's not what I'm thinking of. Um, there are designers like Shin Yin Core and Ji Yun Shim, who um, have designed games where, like, as you do the game, you make a physical thing. Um, Jian Shim has a game uh, called Dear Poppy, in which you, like, pretend that you're caring for a loved one who's going through some kind of a change, and you're actually, like, physically growing a plant over the course of sev seven non-contiguous weeks. Um and so I think there's some, like, witchy elements to, you know, grow a plant and write letters to it, you know, as a way of understanding things. Um, another way to go would be to look at Christian mysticism. Um, and this is not just, like, a modern woo-woo thing or something, um, that there are mystical practices that go along with Christianity going back to the ancient days. Um, and so there are, like, Christian meditative practices, for example, um, a lot of Christians have found Buddhism to be pretty compatible with what they believe. Um, the leader of my Zen Buddhist group is a Roman Catholic nun, for whatever that's worth. Um, another mystic to think of is Thomas Merton, a 20th century Catholic who was very close friends with Buddhist leaders like Thich Nhat Hanh. Um, and then, you know, another thing would be to just look for magic or coming up with rituals in everyday life where you don't have to necessarily believe that there's anything magic going along with it for it to actually be pretty magical. Um, and so, you know, a, a little one that I like to do. This, like, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in any supernatural stuff. This is my one thing. So whenever I'm eating oranges, like little, you know, uh, tangerines or clementines or mandarins, right, um, I'll get three of them, and with each one, I peel it as carefully as I can to try to get the peel off all in one place. 
don't ask me why this really matters, but it seems to me that this really matters for what happens next. Then once I've got the peel off of the orange, I think, uh, you know, I, I pray a prayer for um, peace, happiness, and well-being for myself for the first orange, for my wife with the second orange, and then with the third one, uh, you know, somebody else. Um, it had been at one point... Don't forget your um, kid, Alex. <laughs> you know, my uh, father-in-law, who was at the time um, afflicted with cancer, and more recently it's been... Um, my kids. Um, so that's how I eat oranges. And that's a little magic thing that I do, and I don't believe in any other magic except for that. Just about. All right. Have a great. Uh, have a great year. Happy New Year. Bye. Happy New Year, Alex. What a what a thoughtful response, especially from someone who doesn't share my religious beliefs. Trying to find a middle ground. I have a lot of things to say. One, just FYI, I am a Protestant of no particular denomination. I don't actively go to church. Pete, I know you're Catholic. Um, what was I going to say? I just glanced at the Dear Poppy game while he was talking. My mind cannot wrap my... I just can't wrap my mind around it just glancing at it because it looks like so bizarre. But I'm going to look more into it. I don't even understand what it is. Um, but thank you, Alex. Actually, that, that tangerine thing. Or what does this say? Oranges, tangerines? I don't know. Um, fascinating. And I, that's inspiring. That's actually what I was telling Pete. Like, I'm I'm going to still think, like, I don't feel bad about what I do. I basically build some rituals into my life, and they just feel like a more fantastical way of praying, I guess. And I do think some Christians would look down on me, but they're just like little rituals that I kind of made up and I kind of like, but I still feel like it's, it's praying, and I don't feel like it, like, breaks the rules of everything. Uh, but, yeah, uh, that's interesting. We, actually, I, I <clears throat> we yeah. actually talked about this yesterday or the day before. Yeah. Um, because I was going to do this this idea of uh, Christian, can you be a Christian witch? I was going to do that as a topic, since it's Marissa's birthday show. Oh, and... Um, I just gave her, yeah, like the sort of summary that I came up with, which was, yeah, you know, like it seems like witchcraft has some ritual elements. And as long as your ritual is, I'm going to go ahead and say, like pointed in the right direction. Yeah. <laughs> um, then, yeah, I think like that's kind of a, and I got to tell you, like going to church, that's pretty much a ritual going through the whole. Yeah, um, right you know, all the motions of church and everything like that. Also ritualistic saying the rosary, you know, like all these different things are just ways to pray with ritual. And I think sometimes we need ritual because we can lose sight of what it is that we believe in. If we don't sort of remind ourselves from time to time what that is. And so, um, so I think it is a good thing and yeah, come up with rituals that work for you, especially being non-specifically dominant, denominational you know i think it's interesting that alex is an atheist but then he does that ritual so that's cool i don't know i like when people don't feel like they need to keep themselves in a box and also this is unrelated well it is related but unrelated to religion pete have you seen the lost daughter no not yet okay because peeling the peel off of an orange all in one go and the importance of that for some reason, keeps coming up in that movie over and over again. So I wonder if a lot of people feel, share that desire. I uh, peel my oranges in the same way every time, but it's 
never in one in one go. I just rip, rip pieces off really nearly because that's how I live my life. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks, Alex. That was a great call. Yeah. Um, and, and then just in case you were wondering, well, Pete, what did you find? Why didn't you do an episode? It's because most of the resources were people who are angry Christians saying that you can't be a witch. I figured. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I told Pete or I told you all that I, that I, I asked on Reddit very innocently and everyone just yelled at me. One person said, Hey, I mean, C.S. Lewis kind of brings magic into his books. And then everyone was like, that's demon shit. That's the devil. And I was just like, okay, bye. And then I never used Reddit again actively. And it's uh, interesting that you, that you, you know, that we, from what we heard from Alex and what you pointed out, like, it seems like, um, those people have sort of taken the ritual to the extreme to where it's now like concrete structure that can't be moved in any way whatsoever. And so, yeah, you know, like the commitment, I guess, to the structure and the religion, um, yeah, makes it easy for you to sort of naysay other types. So I don't know. Why is one ritual better than the other? Like, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. When you really break it down. Yeah, a lot of people are set in their ways, which is kind of like why I don't go to church anymore, because I always feel like I was always pushing the boundaries and someone always seemed unhappy with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh Yeah. So, if you're a Christian witch, <laughs> if you're a um, a Christian who makes their own rituals, <laughs> go to five seven zero pod one one. Icebreaker. This is a really dumb icebreaker. If you if you don't like it, uh, you don't have to. But craft me your dream soda flavor for twenty twenty two. It doesn't need to reflect twenty twenty two. Just. Swaggy way too. You've been tasked with making a new soda. Tell me the flavors. Peanut butter and jelly. No, you're lying. <laughs> you're so bye. Why? That's true. That sounds disgusting. No, it's not true. Wait, uh, wait. What do you mean? It's it's not real. Yeah, but what, that's what you want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Peanut butter with a dash of like fruit too. Have you had a peanut butter soda? No, but I am currently drinking um, Cherry 7-Up with uh-huh. peanut butter whiskey or peanut butter oh. bourbon or whatever. Okay, and it tastes good? Yeah, I like it. Okay. Um, you get a hint of both, and then sometimes I think, oh, peanut butter and fruit? That's like peanut butter and jelly. You don't need a bread element. You, maybe you can make yeah. a cup out of bread. I don't know. I <laughs> Yeah, that sounds fantastic. <laughs> um, I got a wet cup. Ew. Um, I want like this hmm. is gonna be this is gonna be some herbal shit, guys. This is gonna be like, no, I want chamomile and sage. No, no, you butthead. I'm just drinking tea for that. Why would I want soda for that? Ew. Uh, I want no, a tea I just- seltzer. For someone who is obsessed with herbs, I drink a lot of Diet Coke. Um, no, uh, no, you've inspired me with all your talk of fruit. I want like a spiced fruit cake <laughs> soda. And I want it to be brown. 
and I want it to taste like Christmas spices and brandy and candied fruits. Now, when you say brown, do you mean like a cola? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't want it to be some weird color. Because at first I was thinking brown and like, but semi-transparent, but then I was like, oh, that's that's going to look like diarrhea. Ew, no. I mean, <laughs> a bottle of carbonated diarrhea. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I just want it to look like cola. I want it to have rich, deep flavors and have a rich, deep color. <laughs> what? But not diarrhea. No! Do you have rich, deep diarrhea? I got a rich, deep color. <sighs> Speaking of deep colors. Yeah, I'm sorry? Speaking of deep colors, okay. um, space has some some deep dark colors. Where is this going? <laughs> Roland Emmerich is a Hollywood director known for several movies, Marissa. Some of which you may have seen, like okay. Independence Day. Yes. Godzilla in nineteen ninety eight, the Matthew Broderick oh, one. I like that one. <laughs> Stargate. I don't think so. Uh, we also have 2012 and The Day After Tomorrow. Mm, yep. Among many others. Yes. Uh, his latest movie is called Moonfall, and the plot goes like this. Okay. In Moonfall, a mysterious force knocks the moon from its orbit around Earth and sends okay. it hurtling on a collision course with life as we know it. With mere okay. weeks before impact... Uh, and the world on the brink of annihilation, NASA executive and former astronaut Joe Fowler, Holly Berry, is convinced. Ah, no! <laughs> is convinced it's not that time she, for her for a resurgence. I don't want her. She is convinced that she has the key to saving us all, but only one astronaut from her past, Brian Harper, Patrick Wilson, uh, and a conspiracy theorist, K.C. Hausman, John Bradley, believe her. These unlikely heroes will mount an impossible last-ditch mission into space, leaving behind everyone they love, only to find out that our moon is not what we think it is. Oh, that's... Okay, I was like, this is boring until the last part. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's a monster. Also, guys, yes, yeah, she's had some good work in the past. She's not going to be tough. I don't know if she ever was. I just don't feel like she is anymore. And I'm sure she's going to be this, like, this tough, like, like take no nonsense astronaut you know what i don't buy it guys just keep your eyes peeled or did it come out already that one where she's an mma fighter mma (laughs) yeah i was like wow this is incorrectly cast to such a horrendous degree a little a little beautiful brown woman (laughs) kicking ass looks so stupid i hate it anyway that's right i'm here to talk about the hollow moon Oh, Marissa, you remember the hollow earth, right? Yes. Where Nazis and Vikings and tall whites all coexist inside of our earth. You almost said Nike and I was like... I did. Nikings and (laughs) Vatsies. Yeah, I remember that. But that is not the only ball bopping around the universe. Okay. So I'm taking uh, this from a recent Vanity Fair article. Wait, I'm sorry. Is that movie about the hollow moon? It remains to be seen, Marissa. Okay. You might have to go out to Pete's previews on Patreon. 
Oh, good. To see me watch the trailer. <laughs> okay, awesome. About seven years ago, Emmerich stumbled upon something known as the hollow moon theory, a notion that the celestial body orbiting our planet and illuminating our night sky is either A, not a natural occur- occurrence, or B, has a vast and secret interior life. Or, hey, why not both? I'm sorry, life? That seems to imply that it is alive, but okay. Basically, when science... This is, again, this is a Vanity Fair article. I can't say that we agree with the terms of the Vanity Fair article, Mm. especially this sentence. Basically, when science disproved Jules Verne by revealing (laughs) that there could be no journey to the center of the Earth, that concept just relocated off-world to the moon. Okay. I immediately realized, oh my god, this could very well be one of those conspiracies where you have something really traumatic happen, meaning the moon is getting out of orbit and falling on Earth. I love that, falling on Earth. <laughs> um, but That doesn't seem right. In but... the same time, you learn that the moon is not what you think it is. It's always cool. It's always a cool way to get into a movie. <laughs> Emmerich says. Um... So, yeah, the moon's hollow, and you're like, what? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So, in their article, Is the Moon the Creation of an Alien Intelligence, which was published in Sputnik, the Soviet equivalent of Reader's Digest, and this was in the 60s, um, (sighs) by Michael Vassin and Alexander Sherbakov. Okay. Our Hypothesis. The moon is an artificial Earth satellite put into orbit around the Earth by some intelligent beings unknown to ourselves. For why? We refuse to engage in speculation about who exactly staged this unique experiment, which only a highly developed civilization is capable of. Okay. So, why is a good question. Yeah! Some say... (laughs) That it's sort of like a Noah's Ark, where intelligent beings were sort of put onto this gigantic spaceship and um, put onto a, like, I don't know what the right word would be, but basically put onto a journey that kind of didn't, I don't want to say didn't have an end either, but like the end was far into the future, Uh meaning you got to fill it with enough stuff to keep people alive and generations alive and have parts to fix and everything like that. Mm-hmm. When you consider that the moon is really wide. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> really wide. 2,162 miles in diameter. You uh-huh. have a lot of room for different things like that, assuming the beings were like human sized, you know? Yeah. But, like, oh, go ahead, I'm sorry. Still, some speculate that uh, it could be a surveillance tool of some sort. Um, I don't really, I didn't really dig into that all that much. But some some also believe that human beings, Uh human beings (laughs) at a certain point went back in time created the moon and put it up to save the earth in what way in that sort of noah's ark kind of way meaning that 
because the earth keeps killing itself <laughs> or i'm sorry because <laughs> beings on the earth keep killing it yeah and sometimes becoming annihilated in the process that this would hold sort of like the next generation of of earthlings but who knows how to open it i mean the people inside probably do oh, because that it already i don't want to say people but yeah you know beings Okay. Because there was actually a point when part of the moon sort of like cracked and there's like a straight wall on the on the moon, just a straight up wall that people don't know why there just happens to be a straight wall there Wait, even though the whole what, rest of the moon What? Even though the rest of the moon is covered in craters and shit, there's just a wall. <laughs> what do you mean a wall? Well, you've seen like a wall before? <laughs> Yeah, wait. If I Google moon wall, is this gonna? I couldn't tell you what's gonna come up if you type in moon wall. Oh, uh, not no. A bunch of dumb stuff. Okay, but continue. I'll look at this later. So, you know, just go with me a bit here, okay? These are all quotes from the article. Again, um, is the moon a creation of alien intelligence? I did not read the book who built the moon because it was too long and the version i could find was an ebook okay and it was just really hard to read anyway yeah naturally <clears throat> the hull of such a spaceship must be super tough in order to stand up to blows of meteorites and sharp fluctuations between extreme heat and extreme cold yeah probably the shell is a double layered affair the basis, a dense armoring of about 20 miles in thickness. And outside, it some kind of more loosely packed covering. A layer that, you know, a thinner layer that maybe might be like three miles deep. I understand people want to have this fantasy, but these specifics about something that's made up are too deep. In certain areas where the lunar seas and craters are, the upper layer is quite thin. In some cases, it's non-existent. Mm -hmm. Some people have said, if you look at the different craters on the moon, you'll see that even though there are many of them, they all seem to go down to the same length. Okay. Meaning that <laughs> <laughs> the impact stops at the steel outer shell, which is just below the, um, you know, the outside, outside. I just... Uh. So, so you have a three a three mile layer of something looser let's just say dirt mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah. then beneath that you have 20 miles of let's say steel okay when when meteorites hit the moon they certainly do create a crater but the craters only go down so deep and that's yeah. because they end up hitting the steel part okay okay good Glad, glad you're with me here. Okay. Also, can you hear the car horn alarm? Yeah. Just from yeah. time to time. <laughs> oh, stopped. Okay. Since the moon's diameter is 2,162 miles, then looked at from our point of view, it's a pretty thin-walled sphere. So if you were to cut off, say, the 62 miles, then you have a 2,100-mile wide moon sphere. Yeah. Still plenty of room to live. Okay. Upon analysis, American scientists have found chromium, titanium, 
and zychronium in moon dirt. These are all metals with refractory, mechanically strong, and anti-corrosive properties. A combination of them would have enviable resistance to heat and the ability to stand up to a means of aggression, like meteors, uh, and could be used on Earth for linings for electrical furnaces. Furnaces. Well, yeah, I was going to say, why are we not mining the moon? Look, Trump. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not saying we should. But I feel like we mine everything we can. Doesn't it seem weird we're not mining the moon? Not yet. I mean, we're just getting up to space with people, right? Yeah. Privately. Yeah. I think NASA's, you know, too respectable, right? To kind of... Yeah, but I mean, Elon mm-hmm. Musk is, and why isn't he mining yeah. the moon? Well, you got to give him time to get the mining equipment up there. <laughs> okay. And let's not forget, there's a whole side of the moon that's dark. I don't and <laughs> the moon as much as I thought I did. If a material had to be devised to protect a giant artificial satellite from the unfavorable effects of temperature, from cosmic radiation, and meteorite bombardment, the experts would probably have hit on precisely these metals. Okay. So, what is the moon today, Marissa? Is it a colossal necropolis? A city of the dead where some form of life became extinct? Again, we're talking about inside the moon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it a kind of cosmic flying Dutchman, a craft abandoned by its crew and controlled automatically? I'm sorry, am I supposed to know what a flying Dutchman is? I'm pretty sure it is a blimp, isn't it? I don't know. Sure. Yeah. I I was really confident in what it was when I pasted this. <laughs> That's the name of my biography. <laughs> In the 70s, Marissa, um, seismometers, so that was a hypothesis in the 60s. But in the 70s, seismometers installed uh, on the moon were installed on the moon by uh, the Apollo missions, and they recorded moonquakes. Ooh. Yeah, it sounds like a really erotic move. (laughs) (laughs) The moon was described as, quote-unquote, ringing like a bell during some of these quakes. Specifically, (laughs) specifically the shallow ones. The phrase was brought to popular attention in March of 1970 in an article in Popular Science. When Apollo 12 deliberately crashed the ascent stage of its lunar module onto the moon's surface, NASA reported that the moon rang like a bell for almost an hour, leading to arguments that it must be hollow like a bell. That's weird. I've never heard of this. Lunar seismology experiments since then have shown the lunar body has shallow moonquakes that act differently from quakes on Earth due to differences in texture, type, and density of the planetary strata, but there is no evidence of any empty space inside of the body. Which is kind of what you would want to say if you wanted to sort of like get people off track. <laughs> yeah. Because you, you're like, oh yeah, I guess one of the answers could be that it's hollow. But it could also be this. Do you believe it's hollow? Did this sway you? This research? Don't be silly, Marissa. (laughs) Okay. Over the decades, fringe theories abound that the moon could be a sentinel for extraterrestrials who monitor us from above. Some suggest it may even be an armored spacecraft disguised as a solar body. Why do we always assume extraterrestrials even give a shit we exist? We always assume, like, 
oh, it's all about us. Everyone wants to overtake us. Because it's funny, like, some people do care that bugs exist, but most of us don't care that bugs exist. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'm not, like, monitoring a bug's life. I don't know. That's stupid. We're narcissistic. In 2005, the book Who Built the Moon postulated that futuristic time-traveling Earthlings constructed it as a means of tracking the evolution of life without disrupting its course. That makes sense. I guess. I mean, <laughs> why? To study humans. Yeah, and evolution but they have and beings. You, oh, I think you meant humans just in the future. Wait, what do you mean? But you said, fu- fu- wait, beings are, are trying to study the evolution of life? Or... Futuristic time-traveling Earthlings. Oh, Earthlings. So... So, people from the future go back oh, okay. in time put the moon up there, and then just watch everybody. Yeah, but why wouldn't they, like, send us a message? Why are they such douches and they're going to, like, put us through this long con thinking the moon exists? Well, because when when the Earth is destroyed, uh-huh. oh, <laughs> then, then we're- they can go back in time uh-huh. and, you know, like, maybe prevent it a little bit better. Because, you know, like, it's not just one thing, right? That's causing climate change or anything like that so if they watch it all happen hard as it may be then they can sort of maybe study it and find the reasons you know okay you've sold me um going back to the vanity fair article emmerich is reluctant to reveal too much about his own outlandish explanation for the moon's origin and history and what may be inside it and what forces cause it to drift out of its orbit and into a collision course with our own world. These are mysteries for the film's February 4th debut. Mm, can't wait. Our world, more and more, has become driven by conspiracy theories. Look at QAnon. Look at all this stuff, the flat earthers. It's just incredible when you think about it, he says. When you have it about the moon, it's so fantastic, I don't think it will hurt anybody. It's interesting for people to see. QAnon is hurting people. Anti-vaxxer conspiracies can hurt people and actually may kill people. Mm-hmm. The moon can't hurt you. Just make sure you keep your distance. He didn't say that part. The writer said that part. <laughs> I was going to say, that's debatable, but okay. But to answer your question, Marissa, of course all this hollow moon stuff is poppycock. <laughs> oh, poppycock. Right. Because, yeah. like, cute as it may be, to say that the moon is hollow oh, it's, it's like cute. no it's not because it's <laughs> made out of cheese oh yeah yeah you're right and we've known this for like a century oh i wish it was like a like an edam cheese A 1902 survey of child lore by psychologist g stanley hall in the united states well, found that though though most young children were unsure of the moon's composition that it was made of cheese was the single most common explanation. Do people actually tell their children that, though? A quote from his uh, study, Careful inquiry and reminiscence concerning the substance of the moon show that children thought it made... Thought, I'm sorry. That children thought it made of cheese. Sometimes the mice eat it horseshoe-shaped, or that it could be fed by throwing cheese up so the clouds could catch it. Wait. Throwing cheese up to who? The moon eats it. The, the moon, the moon eats is made fed. of cheese, and it eats cheese. Ugh, that's disgusting. 
Or that it was green because the man in the moon fed on grass. But the moon is green? No, its spots were mold. I when you look all- up. Actually, children believe this shit. It was really green, but it looked yellow because it was wrapped in yellow cheesecloth. It was cheese mixed with wax or melted lava, which also might be edible. A child doesn't know what cheesecloth is, Pete. There were many rats, mice, and skippers there. It grew big from a starry speck of light by eating cheese. You know I'm going to ask what a skipper is, right? I thought you might, but then I was like kind of counting on you not. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Is it some sort of vermin, do you think? Skipper... (laughs) Oh. I'm afraid to Google Mike <laughs> Mickey Mouse, Happy Skipper. <laughs> what? There is all sorts of little figures of mice uh, <laughs> rowing. So, <laughs> okay, yeah, I see the one rowing. Oh, it's so cute. Okay, that's I like skippers. Mice are gross, but I like skippers. We oh. can continue. <laughs> Skippers appear to be from the moth family. Moth? Yeah. I don't know. Don't talk to me anymore. This is all gross. (laughs) (laughs) That grosses me out. At the Science Writers Conference, this is, of course, what you'll be happy to hear, Marissa, uh, being ever the skeptic. (laughs) Uh At the Science Writers Conference, excuse me, Uh, Theoretical physicist Sean M. Carroll explained why there was no need to, quote, sample the moon to know it's not made of cheese. (laughs) He said the hypothesis is so absurd, failing against our knowledge of the universe. And this is not a proof. There is no metaphysical proof. Like, you can proof a statement in logic or math that the moon is not made of green cheese. But science, nevertheless, passes judgments on claims based on how they will fit in with the rest of our theoretical understanding. I'm sorry, are there adult people who think it's made of cheese? Of course. Okay. Me. Oh, yeah, yes, you. But I wouldn't imagine you're at a science conference. But No. I should but like when Joe Schmo, aka Pete Phillips, <laughs> yeah, just poses the question, it can rile up some theoretical physicists like Sean <laughs> M. Carroll. <laughs> very true. <laughs> but I really like his point. He's like, we don't have to prove this is. I think this is a beautiful point, and it's a shame that people don't think this way about a lot of things based on today's culture. We don't have to prove that the moon's not made of cheese because it doesn't make sense that it would be made of cheese. Like, <laughs> yeah, okay. Like, we don't have to prove that the vaccine works because so many people took it and, like, are fine. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, that's using kinda, some... That's, that's not the same exact point he's making, but... Kind of makes you think it's made of cheese, am I right? Vaccine? Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Both the vaccine and the moon. (laughs) Notwithstanding this uncontrovertible argument, the harmonic signature of the moon, going back to that seismic velocity at which Mm -hmm. shockwaves travel, Marissa, it's actually said to be closer to cheese than any other rock on Earth. What the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) I don't even want more details. Shut up. Dennis Lindley, 
used uh, the air quote myth of the moon being made out of cheese to help explain the necessity of Cromwell's rule in Bayesian probability. (laughs) In other words, if a decision maker thinks something cannot be true and interprets this to mean that it has zero probability, he will never be influenced by any data, which is surely absurd. So Mm. leave a little probability for the moon being made out of cheese. It can be as small as one in a million, but... Have it there, since otherwise an army of astronauts returning with samples of cheese will leave you unmoved. (laughs) This got dumb. (laughs) I like it in a good way, not a bad way. (laughs) Well, you've convinced me. Now, is the moon hollow and filled with cheese? Mm, no. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, it is absurd that you would feed the moon cheese. Yeah, that part I do not But it with. sounds fun as hell <laughs> to yeah. throw cheese at the moon. And Marissa, I know you're going to do it one day. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like an activity I would be able to convince you to do probably while it's on my birthday. But anyway... <laughs> We go on your roof and throw cheese at the moon, but then it just falls on people and the creep <laughs> below. But anyway. So that's a little bit about hollow moon uh, theory, which, you know, again, is, is kind of fun to believe if you don't believe that it's made out of cheese. Yeah, I mean, the ho- you know what? The cheese seems more believable than the hollow. <laughs> Honestly, no one has to be convinced. Also, that movie, it should star Patrick Wilson, not Halle Berry. Well, it kind of goes... Patrick Wilson's the guy from all the Conjuring movies, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He should be in every movie. Anyway. Uh, yeah, Pete. So, it's made of cheese. That's where you stand? Absolutely. Okay, But before we get too far off of this, I wanted to send you, um... If this will work. Well, first, here's your video of your birthday song. Oh, thank you. But this is a picture of the moon. Ew. Not ew, it's not gross, but like, what the fuck? (laughs) What is, what's happening there? Oh, that's the inside of the moon. No, what's the red thing? It's like the core that keeps it up. But is that the assumption that it's a satellite? Yeah, like you see all the tubes and stuff. Like people live okay. in there. Okay, okay. And uh, perhaps something that you might be familiar with from your friends at Last Podcast on the Left. Here's uh, another picture of the inside of the moon. Oh, whoop. There it is. Okay. Oh, it's a big one, so it's taking a little time. Okay. All right. That see that looks fun. People live in that's like yeah. corridors and stuff. That's fun. I like that. Yeah. Um you don't have to. But you should put Aaron's faces of the moon saw and this episode. Maybe we'll throw it at the end, yeah. Yeah, I think that'd be fun. Anyway, uh yeah, I live in the moon. 
Smiling. This world is, looks like it's in the tip-top shape these days. Am I right? Right. You want to yeah. you want to see something gross? Yeah, fine. <laughs> I don't know. This is from Ancient Aliens. It is a graphical <laughs> depiction of the inside of the moon. Oh God! Ew! No! <laughs> oh, go away! Go away! Go away! I don't like it. <laughs> What's in it? it? Looks like it's veins. What do ancient aliens think the moon is? Um, I don't know. Close. <laughs> ancient aliens is cuckoo anyway. Yeah. So, not to be confused with Hollow Earth, which is real. Uh, the moon is not hollow. It's made of cheese. just assuming to assume two planetary planets, <laughs> two planetary planets are hollow is absurd. One or the other. You can't have both, bitch. I'm not calling you a bitch. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, Marissa, happy birthday. Thank um, you. I do love the moon. I know. If we could just get some meat up there. Make it in a nice big cheese ball for you. Oh my god, this charcuterie <laughs> platter. Oh, sometimes I think my favorite thing. It's not like a laugh out loud moment anymore. It was a laugh out loud moment, but I'm just bringing it up because you mentioned last podcast on the left. A galactic cheese ball. That sounds delicious. <laughs> um, but uh, one of the co-hosts of the last podcast on the left was like, you know, I don't know, uh. Charcuterie, that things were girls ride horses. <laughs> <laughs> and that brought me a lot of joy because he wasn't joking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is that? Dressat? What is that called again? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, he called it charcuterie. Uh, yeah, I'd eat a galactic cheese. Well, oh, you know what I would like? Oh, no, I guess it exists. I've eaten something called moon cheese that was like dried pieces of cheese. Because I was going to say, I would eat an astronaut ice cream version of cheese, like like dehydrated. Yeah. Probably that is what the moon cheese is. I don't know. What I if love you cheese. What if you visited the moon, and meteorites were made out of meat, and the moon was made out of cheese, and all you had on you was gluten free crackers? Yeah, I would go to town. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would do. <laughs> Depends what kind of meat, like. Not like a steak. It has to be like a like, like a, a nice salami or a summer sausage. Yeah, yeah, dried meat. Guys, I'm sorry. This changes the subject. But I told you how excited I was that I got a summer sausage, which is usually like in one of those Hickory Farms this baskets. not an innuendo. No. <laughs> and I just thought you eat that coldest cheese. And my mother was like, oh, yeah, I would like that fried for breakfast. And I was like, no. And then the next day, my father woke up early <gasps> and made eggs with fried summer sausage. And it was life-changing, guys. It was fucking life-changing. <laughs> Everyone, go buy a summer sausage and eat it for breakfast, okay? I thought this was going to go in another direction. I'm glad that what, it's... Uh, what did you think it was going to do? I thought he was going to r- completely ruin your sausage on you. No! Oh, my God. It was so good. It made it taste like chorizo. Oh, it was so good. Yeah, no. I would cry. If they ruined my sausage. I told them, you're only allowed to take as much sausage as you'll eat. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, that's enough of my sausage. Again, not an innuendo. I'll sit here and force feed it to you if you don't eat it. <laughs> yeah. 
So, Marissa. Uh huh. It's time for plugs. Being that it's your birthday, do you have anything that you would like to plug this episode? Ooh. You plug. Okay. My soft plug is eating summer sausage for breakfast. Then you plug something, then come back to me. Um, you might recall, I, I don't think I was intoxicated in any way, but I, I just got AMC Plus <laughs> <laughs> for the year, and it was only yeah. like twenty twenty four bucks or something. So, I'm not like crying myself to sleep over this terrible financial decision, but yeah. Now that I have it, I feel like I have to watch stuff on it to like make it worth it. I have really bad justification things in my head because like I'll buy a pair of pants and be like, they don't fit right. Let me just give them to the poor. <laughs> yeah, guys, Pete is a prisoner of his own making. <laughs> but I can uh, say that without a doubt. So I got AMC Plus, and I was like, oh, this show, Kevin can f himself. That looks fun. I'll watch oh, that. Good? It's definitely interesting. But the fact that it all takes place in Boston (laughs) really made me quite sad for you, Marissa. (laughs) Oh, no! And it looks like... It looks like there's a... It looks like there's a fairly large chance. I didn't tell you... Oh, no, I did, yeah, that I might end up in Boston. Fuck, why? Tell me more. Um... Apologies if we have any Boston listeners. Mostly the voice... (laughs) Oh, I'm no way, Pete. I won't have that fucking accent. Oh, I'm sorry. You know what, though? <laughs> I normally hate the accent. But when my Amtrak, so we, my Amtrak conductor always switches at New York. And when a new one comes on with a Boston accent, I find it charming. But that might just be because he wears, yeah. he wears the conductor hat. <laughs> <laughs> also, there's this other guy who's always on Amtrak. That has a mixture of a Boston voice, but also kind of like Scottish. And when he saw I was wearing a shirt with the craft on it, he was like, oh, my God, nice shirt, the craft. But in his Bostonian slash Scottish accent. And I was in heaven. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm going to plug. Interesting show, though, because it does balance between. Like goofy sitcom and I don't want to say breaking bad levels of drama, but oh, intense okay. drama and and things and um, it shows you just how much I think like idiots can succeed and oh, yeah. it's, kind of, uh, it's kind of it's kind of interesting to watch for that reason too. Put a pin in that. Don't call us with any questions about that because I might do that topic later. I just didn't finish researching that okay okay um okay i have a plug that i don't feel like he's going to speak to anyone i would like to say that i generally do not like poetry and i do not seek out poetry i can appreciate some ee cummings periodically because it's wacky anyway by mistake i stumbled upon a poem today (laughs) that impacted my life greatly and it's called puerto rican obituary by Pedro Pietri. If anyone likes poetry, I mean, it really speaks to Hispanic people. But if anyone likes poetry, it's a, it's a very impactful poem. And that is the only time I will say that. Because I don't like poems. 
probably stubbornly also don't like poems just because I know poets and they make me want to die. <laughs> Gosh, she turns 36 and she's uh, like, oh, I like poetry. I like one poem! <laughs> one poem! It's gonna, this podcast is going to turn into like a NPR show. Shut your butt. Puerto Rican obituary. My butt is shut. <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> so it shut. I don't even want it, any air to come out or in. Okay, guys. Thank you for listening all this time. <laughs> so glad to be turning 36 and celebrating my birthday knowing that we have a new patron this year, that we have listeners. Um, I know Mike Dominic enjoys uh, our Patreon uh, reviews. Uh, Pete, your your trailer reviews. Uh, yes. Yeah, Thanks for listening. Yeah, and uh, we recent actually this week I just posted Marissa's you review, and I have a review of Moonfall, um, Moonfall's oh. trailer, and also send the one that. that the one that you told me to watch. You didn't send me that yet, though, right? No. Okay. That made me angry, and I was like, "Why the fuck does she keep running?" And it made me so angry. <laughs> anyway, I was like, "This is the dumbest movie ever." <laughs> It's a show. Yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> fuck. Guys, yep. it's called like, Wolf Like Me. Yeah. And it makes me want to die. Also, is Josh Gad leading man material? No. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, what? <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, guys, uh, call us at 570-POD-WOD1. Um, Email us at shout at yallheard.me. Yeah, and call us at Wrist Vandal. I don't think... Well, obviously, no no one who doesn't know me would be following me. No, I'm sorry. If you don't know me, you obviously wouldn't be listening to this podcast. Like, I mean, you at least know my voice. I'm trying to make sure it does not say it's my birthday on Facebook. Because I fucking hate when people who never talk to me wish me a happy birthday. Because it's like, bitch, this is like somehow more annoying. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know if I was able to delete it. So if by any chance, if you're listening, but you know I don't actually know you, don't wish me happy birthday. Yeah, you're just going to have to DM her to wish her a happy birthday. You should yeah, turn off yeah. comments on any pictures that you post on your birthday. Actually, that's perfect. Yeah, because if you have something to say, say it. Or just don't. Not everyone has to wish me a happy birthday. You know when what? I get- Here's an idea, and I'm not being flippant. Peel an orange and say a prayer for Marissa and keep it to yourself. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah, because when I when I get like 30 notifications in one hour and I'm like, oh, and then it's just a thousand people saying HBD. <laughs> what the fuck? Anyone who says HBD, go home. I was going to say something meaner, but I don't know who says HBD to me, so I reeled myself in. But like, hey, I'll take this one. <laughs> It's like I only talk to you once a year in this one post, and I still can't write out "Happy Birthday." Yeah. <laughs> Plus, I don't know how initials work, and I don't know why I don't just write HB. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, whatever. Anyway, th- thanks. Anyway, guys, I'm fortunately as of yet not having a crisis that I'm on the further end of 30 but we'll see when the actual day comes because it's only tuesday now (laughs) (laughs) have a good week everybody uh have a cupcake or some sort of sweet to celebrate marissa uh even if that sweet is as we said a tangerine or tiny orange
Yeah, make it gluten free in my honor. Tangerines and oranges are gluten free. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> <Hey>, bye. <laughs> Hi. First quarter, waxing gibbous, full moon, waning gibbous, third quarter, waning crescent, those are the phases of the moon, those are the phases of the moon, those are the phases of the moon, those are the phases, uh, uh, uh. You see in the sky, most nights, moon looking so fine, so bright, uh, but it doesn't make its own light. You can see it because it reflects the sun's light. It don't really ever look the same Eight different phases and they all have names If you wanna know why then listen It depends on the moon's position Relative to the earth This is how it works New moon phase is where we start first When the moon between the earth and sun Look in the sky and you see none of it lit But if you wait a bit You slowly begin to see more of it Until we have a toenail shaped crescent Ain't this a great way to learn a lesson? It goes New moon Waxing crescent First quarter Waxing gibbous Full moon Waning gibbous Third quarter Waning crescent, those are the phases of the moon, those are the phases of the moon, those are the phases of the moon, those are the phases uh, uh, oh. And we slowly start to see more, till we at the first quarter, one-fourth. And even though it's looking half-lit, it's a quarter way gone around its orbit. Now let's get down to business, the next phase up is called a waxing gibbous If the right side lit up, you know it's waxing Think about the first letter, in relaxing And we keep on moving to the full moon All lit up, pretty like a showroom The sun, earth, moon, lined up in a straight line So the whole side lit up most of the time Except the lunar eclipse when the moon is under The shadow of the earth that we call a penumbra The rest is pretty much the same Reverse the order, change wax to wane New moon, waxing crescent, first quarter, waxing gibbous, full moon, waning gibbous, third quarter, waning crescent, those are the phases of the moon, those are the phases of the moon, those are the phases of the moon, those are the phases of the phases of the moon, phases of the moon. Phases of the moon Phases of the moon The moon takes 29.5 days The change from the first to the last phase Its gravitational pull causes our tides Along with the sun low and high Apollo 11, first man on the moon Yeah, US reppin' Now try to identify the phase of the moon that you see in the sky.